Welcome to the Super Abundant Life Podcast. I'm your host, Olaomi Brigway, a transformational life coach and the creator of Super Abundant Woman, where we are teaching and equipping women who have a burning desire for significance to create an exceptionally successful and fulfilling life without burnout or stress. In the not too distant past, I myself was trapped in an agonizing cycle of failure and shame with my mind constantly dominated by negative emotions. But my life was dramatically transformed beyond my wildest dreams when I began to live by the power and the wisdom of God's word. My mission is to teach others to experience the same. On the Super Abundant Life podcast, we have only one goal teach and empower Christians to take full advantage of their rights and privileges in Christ so they can build exceptionally successful lives. Thank you for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, this is Olaomi Brigway and welcome to episode 125 of the Super Abundant Life podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about one of the most powerful aspects of our Christianity, as well as probably one of the most controversial. So today's podcast is going to be like old school Bible study. There's going to be loads of scriptures because number one, a lot of people do not believe that this should be happening in their lives, number one. And number two, those that believe that it should be happening are not giving enough attention and weight to this aspect of our Christianity. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about praying in tongues or praying in the spirit. So this episode, I'm going to be teaching on praying in tongues and why it is how you activate your power source and radically transform your life. So are you ready? Let us get started. So I thought I'd start with a personal story, something that happened to me and what basically brought me into this realization that praying in the spirit is not something that should be trivialized. So I'll give you a little bit of a backstory into my own journey. I got born again, first of all, um, at age 13. So I was actually 12 heading to 13. I was in JSS 3 in secondary school. For those of you that grew up in Nigeria, you would know what that means. So that's about the third year of the, of secondary school, of high school. <laughs> and we were preparing for exams. It's a very funny story. <laughs> we were preparing for exams. So the whole cohort, my year group, we were told to hang back while everybody else went home so we could have extra lessons and practice to make sure that we did very well, exceptionally well in the exams. So I was a boarder. I was a boarding student. And it was during that time, I remember one of the nights of that time. So we were literally the only ones left in school, everyone else, the whole year group, everyone else had gone home. 
So <laughs> in that time, um, somebody just came up with this idea that, do you know what, let's go to church. So was, obviously we we're not allowed to leave the hostel because of, number one, it wasn't safe. We're children. We were like 12, 13. And somebody just came up with this idea and said, let us go to church. It's interesting because when we snuck out of school, <laughs> it was to go to church. And I really, really give God thanks for that. I hadn't been raised in a home that was particularly Christian. I mean, you would go to church at maybe Christmas and watch nice service into the new year. And I think that was pretty much it in terms of Christianity. So I was not a born again Christian or even close. So this friend or this person came up with this idea, let's go to church. So we snuck out. And I remember, I still see that day very, very clearly. It was at night. It was probably about 7 or 8 p.m. And there was a church called Trim just about maybe a block away from my school. So we snuck out of the boarding school, ran, 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 got to this church and attended service. During the service, the pastor gave an altar call and asked for whoever wanted to be born again. And I heard the message. I don't, you know, I don't even remember what the message was. I just know that that was the day I got born again. So along with, I came out along with some of the other girls that snuck out with us to go to church. And they told us to wait afterwards. And we did. And then somebody came, prayed for each of us individually. And we got filled with the Holy Spirit. Actually, I should say I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Because as it turned out, when we got back to the hostel that night, I actually heard it, one or two of the girls making fun of the whole process and laughing and saying that she was just saying gibberish. So apparently the girl was a Muslim and she didn't get born again and she was literally making fun of the whole process. So it wasn't everybody that got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit that day, but I certainly did. So that was my first experience of praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, but it never really went anywhere after that because as i mentioned i was away in boarding school i didn't really have somebody to start to teach me about the bible i didn't even own a bible and this was before the age of smartphones this was 1991 yeah this was 1991 so pre-mobile phones no bible app or anything like that i didn't even own a bible so it just sort of fizzled out and when i got home as well as i mentioned my parents were not particularly religious um, and I, I believe I was the first person to get born again in my home. So I didn't even have like an older sibling that was born again that would guide me through the process. So it just sort of fizzled out until 1994, three years later, when I finished secondary school and then I decided, I decided that, okay, this was going to happen. I'm going to be serious with God. And I literally just started speaking in tongues. I remember that day very clearly. I sat in my room and there was just a presence, a heavy presence of God that sat upon my life. And I just knew that I should start speaking in tongues. And I did. And that was, so I decided, okay, I'm going to be serious with God now. I went to find, to find a church and I started attending church, signed up for discipleship classes, etc. So that was what happened. Now I want to talk to you particularly about how I caught a glimpse of how powerful praying in the spirit is because up until this point, yes, you know, I had started attending discipleship classes. In fact, immediately I signed up to become a worker. And of course, the first place they said, the first place you have to, you have to start as a worker is the prayer department, which is brilliant. As until today, when I give thanks to God in my book of remembrance, I still mention names of people that helped me in that prayer department to birth that passion of prayer in me till today. So anyway, they said, you have to start in prayer department. So I did, I mean, I was what 16, went and signed up for this prayer department to volunteer 
to be a church worker. And I remember <laughs> the very first prayer meeting that I went to. So this was like the intercessory team for the church. So they would pray for people that had needs. They would pray for the church. They would pray for people to get saved, etc. And remember, oh, I hope you remember what I said, that I had really not had any kind of discipleship or encounter like that with Christ. So I showed up to this prayer meeting after service. So maybe service finished at eight o'clock and then you would pray from eight to nine or something, or maybe it was reversed. Maybe it was before service. I don't remember, but that's it's inconsequential. But I showed up and everybody was holding hands, praying in like a circle. And I went and I joined the circle and I was holding hands and literally say, okay, so let us pray. People started praying in tongues. Now it wasn't strange to me because I had been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I could speak in tongues. I knew what it was, but I don't think before that time I had prayed in tongues, maybe more than two minutes. <laughs> I don't think I had. And of course, I didn't really think it was anything that big or big of a deal. So they started praying and literally within minutes, people were groaning in the spirit. They were praying fervently in the spirit and like groaning. People were on the floor groaning like, ah, I'm like, what on earth is going on here? What's wrong with these people? It spooked me out like, oh my God, what's wrong with them? I mean, this is strange. This is. This is where I had never seen anybody pray like that. Never, ever in my life, right? Ever. And he spoke like, what? And there was one particular brother that I must have seen the look on my face like, oh, oh I think we're spooking this girl. So he walked up to me after, after the prayer meeting and he started to talk to me, started to ask me questions. Uh, okay, when did I get born again? What do I know about prayer, etc., etc.? And he... At the end of that conversation, he gave me an assignment. He said, I want you to go home and before you sleep tonight, I want you to pray in the spirit. So pray in tongues for one hour before you sleep. So just pray in tongues. You don't need to do anything spectacular. Just pray in tongues and then literally lie down and sleep. So I was like, okay, uh, pray in tongues for an hour. That's easy. <laughs> So I said, of course I'm going to do that. You know, I, I was a very obedient student and disciple. So what he told me, I was determined to do it. I wasn't just going to say, uh, I'm not doing it. So I knew that I was going to do it. So I went home, went to my room and started to pray. So I said, I'm going to pray for now. So I took my clock and I started praying. I had been praying for a while. Just obviously it was monosyllabic because by that time my tongues hadn't yet quite developed, but I was determined to do it. And in my own mind, I had been praying for at least 45 minutes right? because I was already like, when is this going to end? Surely it must be at least 45 minutes by now. And I picked up the clock and it was probably, I think around five minutes. I was like, ah, we have a long way to go. And I was like, oh God. But because I was determined, I was, there was just a longing, a desire, a strong desire in my heart for God that I knew that I was going to do it. So I kept pushing because of course it was like, bah, 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 bah. I just kept praying and praying and pushing and pushing. I'll check the clock again. Like, oh my God, it's only 10 minutes. I thought it's surely an hour by now, but I pushed. It got easier as I went along and it got to the point where it was just easier. It was easy. And I prayed and I prayed for an hour. And then like he said, I just literally, you know, switched off the lights and went to sleep. 
Now I'll tell you something. I can never forget that experience because that night my spirit man was so alive, was so awake to the point that I slept and I had the most restful sleep of my entire life up to that point, but I was also awake at the same time. I really do not understand. I don't know how it happened, and I still am not able to articulate that experience till today. All I know is, is it was like I was sleeping, but I was not sleeping, and I didn't wake up. It wasn't like the kind of sleep whereby you know you're tossing and turning, you're not really resting. No, I was fast asleep. I enjoyed the the sleep was sweet. But I was awake. My spirit man was so alert. And of course, it was such a sweet and wonderful experience. I couldn't wait to go back to church to go and share this experience with this brother that had obviously started to mentor me in that area. And he just smiled. He said, yes, I knew that was what was going to happen. So he, he basically started to teach me about praying in the spirit and the benefits of praying in the spirit and how it awakens your spirit man and charges you up like a battery. So that's my own personal story. And since that time, I latched on to praying in the spirit. I knew firsthand experience of the power of praying in tongues and I have not looked back since that time. So that was several, several years ago. So what I want to do today is to walk you through how you can actually activate your power source because I honestly believe a lot of us Christians, for whatever reason, whether it is because you don't believe you should be praying in the Spirit or you should be baptized in the Holy Spirit or more commonly because activities and a lack of investment of time and attention in prayer has drowned out the whole praying in the tongues thing so that people just pray in the spirit like maybe a couple of minutes they've joined the prayer meeting and they just pray in the spirit for a few minutes that's not enough all. and i'm going to be showing you how it is your power source how to activate that power source and as a result of that radically Notice the words that I'm using, radically transform your life. So this podcast is going to be divided into three sections. Number one, why you should speak in tongues. I've come again. I always teach the why. I don't just come and tell you speak in tongues. I will go into scripture and I will show you why you should. It is important. It is a key ingredient in our modern day Christianity. And the second thing I'm going to talk to you about are four benefits of praying in tongues. What you actually draw from it. There's probably an infinite number of benefits from praying in the spirit, but these are four that I've definitely experienced in a great measure in my own life. And lastly, I'm going to talk to you about how to get the most out of praying in the spirit or praying in tongues because people ask me all the time well, what else should i be doing i don't really i find it so boring what's the point what's the use etc so i'm going to tell you how to actually get the most out of praying in the spirit so are you ready today as i said is going to be old school bible study okay we will open the bible <laughs> and i will show you stuff because this one i can't just come and tell you i have to literally show you in the scriptures because it's a very controversial topic and the only way you can dispel controversy is to go to to literally open up what the book are you ready why should we speak in tongues why is the born again experience not enough 
Why shouldn't we stop there? A lot of Christians are asking, even till today, I'm born again, but why should I be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Why is tongues the evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Isn't that the same as a born again experience? So what I want to show from the scriptures are two things. I'm going to show, number one, like I said, why you should speak in tongues from two perspectives. The first reason why tongues is necessary for a Christian is this. The two most respected people in the New Testament did not think that the born again experience was enough. The two most respected people, and you can probably guess who they were. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. The one that we say, Jesus, whatever you say, I will do. <laughs> right? Jesus Christ and Paul. Between Jesus and Paul, you know, talking about the Gospels and the letters of Paul, that's probably if like three quarters, seven eighths of the Bible, I don't even know. So they wrote most of the New Testament significantly. So if these two people would show us from scriptures that being born again is not enough, there's another experience. And remember that I'm also talking to you. You do speak in tongues. You're baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you're not taking advantage of that tool which the Holy Spirit has given us. So I'm talking to you as well. So I'm not just trying to convince somebody that says, oh, why should I be baptized and speak in tongues? I'm also talking to the person who is baptized, but never speaks in tongues or rarely does it. So I'm going to show you what Jesus and Paul said to show us that the born again experience is fantastic. You go to heaven, etc. But there's another experience that they talked about. And in Luke 24, 46 to 49, Jesus, as he was about to leave, so he had been crucified, buried, resurrected, and he was about to ascend into heaven. And it says here, that this is just speaking. Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. So Jesus is actually talking about the born again experience, but he didn't stop there. He now goes on to say, and now I will send the Holy Spirit just as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. I think the KJV says until you are endued with power from heaven. Jesus was talking about the experience in the upper room. So the people in the upper room were already born again. Jesus was resurrected. He was their Lord and Savior. They had confessed him as Lord and Savior. But in the upper room, as they were praying, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they began to speak in tongues. So Jesus spoke of a definite, different experience from the born again experience. Yeah. The second one is Paul in Acts 19, 1 to 6. And I'm going to read that to you as well. It says, while Apollos was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. And then he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? No, they replied. We haven't even heard <laughs> that there is a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience? Paul asked them. And then they replied the baptism of John. So these guys were not even born again yet. So all they had known up until that point was the baptism of come and confess your sin. 
come and confess your sin, right? They weren't even born again. So see what Paul said to them. He said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin, but John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. So the same way John had said, no, it doesn't stop with me. Oh, it's not only John's baptism. Oh, there's another one. You must be born again. His name is Jesus. It was exactly the same way Jesus said, ah, it's not just that born again experience. So there's another one coming, which is the Holy Spirit. You need him too, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So see what happens here. So Paul didn't just say, okay, fine. You guys stay with John's baptism and move on. Two things Two distinct things happened. So Paul didn't leave these guys alone. He didn't just journey on until two very distinct changes happened in them. And I'll read it to you. He said, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So that's talking about the born again experience, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Then, can you see this? Then when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke in other tongues and prophesied two distinct experiences why didn't paul just say ah it's even you know you were john now that i've gotten into being born again you've even tried let's be going no he knew that it was not complete it was not yet complete there had to be a baptism of the holy spirit that enabled them to pray in the spirit and we will show why it is important for us as christians to pray in the spirit. So don't just receive the baptism and then you never pray in tongues. You don't incorporate praying in the spirit as a vital part of your day. <sighs> you should. So let us see the second reason why you should pray in the spirit. The second reason I'm going to go back to Paul. And my reason is this. The Bible clearly encourages it. Now, Paul was addressing this issue with the Corinthian church where they would come and they were basically just showing off. Those guys had the gifts of the spirit flowing in all kinds of measure, but it wasn't coming out of a place of love. They were just doing it to show off, to say that, look, we, we know how to do this. We know how to do that, etc." And so Paul was setting them straight. Now, whilst doing that, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 18 and 19, he said specifically, I thank my God that I speak with tongues more than you all. Does that sound like something you should not be doing? It is definitely something you should be doing. Paul said, listen, I speak in tongues, oh. Just because I'm correcting people, don't get it wrong. If I, he says very specific, he says, I'm not saying don't speak in tongues. I'm saying that, okay, prophecy would help you and help other people because your mind does not understand yet immediately when you pray in tongues. Says, do not forbid to pray in tongues. So Paul is not saying don't pray in tongues. He's even saying, listen, all of you put together, I speak in tongues. You can't boast and say, we're speaking in tongues. I speak in tongues a lot, right? And we, I will explain later on when we talk about the benefits, how clearly you can see in the life of Paul that he spoke in tongues a lot. So he says that, yet in the church, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. So people use that as an excuse or a reason, I should say, that, oh, Paul said, you know, just what is all this praying in tongues? Praying in tongues this is not necessary. It's better to pray or to speak in understanding in English or whatever language that people understand. That's not what he was saying. He said in a gathering, in a public gathering. So he's saying in private, I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
yeah but in public i would rather speak five words in english or hebrew or greek that other people can understand and i'll be a blessing to them than just show up and just pray in the spirit so praying in spirit is crucial in your private or individual prayer life it is crucial all right so that's what he was saying there so two reasons that i've given you clearly from scripture why you should not joke with praying in the spirit so let's go on to look at the benefits of praying in the spirit and i have four that i have documented and expressed powerfully in my own life the first one is this you know that this human body this mind we are human beings are naturally selfish the flesh is selfish in fact the bible calls it canal he just wants what he wants he wants his own the canal mind is an enemy of god the bible says it is an enemy of god so why am i saying all that a lot of times if you want to pray you don't even know sometimes that that prayer praying number one it could be a canal desire it could be as a result of the fact that you saw something and you say me too i must have it how can she be showing off like that and you decide that i'm going to pray 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 pray, pray. and god is saying no that's not the one i have for you he's that one over there but because your friend or your neighbor or someone that you think you're better than has something you have fixated on that desire and you say by force by force by force by force the Bible teaches us that the, it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So it's not automatic. It's not every desire that comes into your heart that is from God. It says it is when you delight yourself, if you are close to spiritual things, if you are seeking after God, then it means that you are close to his heart and therefore his thoughts will be your thoughts. So one of the first most important benefits of praying in the spirit is you are praying in line with and for the manifestation of God's perfect will in your life or praying through you. God is praying through you for the perfect manifestation of his will in someone else's life. Because when you are praying in spirit, the Bible says that you are praying the perfect will of God. You don't know what you ought to pray. You might even have a desire that is God's desire for you. So you want your child to do well in school, for example, and you are saying, God, just help this child to listen. Just help this child to listen. Meanwhile, the teacher may be complaining at school that this boy doesn't listen or this girl doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. And this has happened before. So every time we call this child, this child just, just, just doesn't listen. He's not answering us. I think, oh, God, help this child listen. Help this child listen. What, what kind of behavior is this? God, teach her to listen. Teach him to listen. Meanwhile, the real issue was that there was something wrong with the boys. This is a true life story. The boy had gone swimming as a baby and had an infection that had blocked the ear. And so this boy could not actually hear. So it wasn't like he was being stubborn or he was being difficult. He could not hear. Now, if, but the Holy Spirit knows that. So if you're praying in the spirit, the Holy Spirit knows that that is really what the issue is. And if you pray long enough and open up yourself, eventually he will show you that, ah, that's what the problem is. And then you can solve it. The Bible says in Romans 8 from 26 says the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. And what is that weakness? That weakness is you don't know what you ought to pray for as you ought. You don't know what God wants you to pray for. 
You are praying based on your limited understanding of that situation. But God has 360 degree overview of that situation. He knows everything. He knows the intents of man. He even knows your own heart concerning that situation. So you think, I want this thing, I want this thing. But in your heart, God is seeing that there's something, there's a belief that is hindering, sabotaging the manifestation of that desire. You don't know. You think, oh, but I want this thing 100%. But there's something that's contending against it in your heart. The Holy Spirit knows that, but you don't. So how do you pray about something you don't know? There's a term in business that says you don't know what you don't know. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit knows. So he helps us when we pray in the spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Now remember that praying in tongues happens as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. Anywhere in the Bible that you read about prayer and the Holy Spirit, link it to praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, because you don't just pray in tongues. It's not just coming out of the air. Every time you open your mouth, it's the Holy Spirit giving you utterance, the words to speak that God understands. Do you understand that? So in partnership with the Holy Spirit says he pleads for us believers in harmony with God's perfect will for our lives. And we know that God causes. Now we quote this scripture. So I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. We quote that scripture in isolation. That's why you should read the Bible context. Things don't just automatically work together for your good. Things work together for your good. Why? Because of the verses that came before that. When you partner with the Holy Spirit and you pray beyond what your own mind can understand regarding that situation, all things will then work together for your good because you have covered all the bases. You have covered all the grounds regarding that situation. Nothing escapes you. Prayer cannot really be effective if we only pray based on what we know. That's the first one. The second reason or benefit we get from praying in the spirit is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4 that the one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up builds himself or edifies himself. Somebody explained it this way. It's the same way you would pick up your phone and plug it in. And when you do, it begins to charge. So that word means to charge something like a battery. So many of us Christians are walking around depleted, excessively tired. Do you know that spiritual tiredness can lead to physical tiredness? Sometimes you've slept, 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 and you still wake up tired. They're like, but I slept. I don't understand why I'm so tired. It's because you're depleted spiritually. Because the Bible says that it is the spirit of a man that will sustain his infirmity. So if there's a weakness in the body, it is supposed to be your spirit man that should carry that weakness until the person is restored. Now try and imagine if the spirit man himself is now tired and weak. (laughs) There's no hope. Everybody will just be tired together. Do you understand that? So it's your spirit, man. You're supposed to load up your spirit, man, with strength. So that no matter what comes your way, it sustains you. It carries you. So when you pray in the spirit, you are edifying, literally charging up your battery, your spiritual battery, building up your muscles so that you can handle the weightier matters of life. The third benefit of praying in tongues, praying in the spirit is this. You begin to access the supernatural wisdom of God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 13 in the New Living Translation, 
Anyone who speaks in tongues should also pray for the ability to interpret what has been said. So actually praying in the spirit links with, with what? It links with interpretation. God does not want you to stay in the dark. The Bible also says that when you pray in tongues, you're communicating directly with God and you're speaking secrets. Things that the mind cannot understand, things that Satan himself or anything or anyone against you cannot access. Mysteries of the kingdom, the Bible calls it. Remember Jesus told his disciples, these ones, their eyes are blind. Referring to the Pharisees and all the Sadducees and all those people, said they're blind. But unto you, referring to his disciples, unto you has been given to know the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom. So God wants to reveal secrets to you. How does that happen? Through praying in the spirit. And Paul said, don't just pray in the spirit. You should also be open to interpreting those secrets so that you can know. So for example, you are praying about your job or about your family or your finances. As you are praying, the Holy Spirit is communicating. He's digging deep to the real issues behind that thing, to the wisdom and divine ideas that will turn that situation around or bring light to that organization. As you pray, the more you pray in the spirit, the more those things will be downloaded into your heart and your mind can then take them and use them. I can't overemphasize how, in fact, I was going to say a lot. In fact, all of the breakthroughs that I experienced, particularly in my career, as someone that was trying to build my career, uh, it was literally praying in the spirit. As in, I would... I would welcome talent. I mean, going through the challenges was hard. Like, oh God, I just want to run away from this space. But once I put my emotions in check, I would say, this is a fantastic opportunity for me to bring the light of Christ into this school, into this organization, into the lives of these children. And I would take that matter and just start praying in the spirit and just start praying in the spirit. And literally I would get divine ideas. It's not like divine idea because it's written in the sky. I would just know what to do. Something would just come to me as to what to do. I will go and I will diligently apply that thing. And the kind of results I will come out of it. People would always be like, what? How did you do that? How did you accomplish that? It came from praying in the spirit. In business, I cannot not rely on praying in the spirit. <laughs> as, in, as a business owner, as a parent, as a wife, in my finances, I, I mean... If you want access to divine ideas, to catch conversations going on in heaven, you have to pray in the spirit, right? You must pray in the spirit. Ephesians 1.16 says, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly. This is Paul writing to the Ephesian church. How is he praying for them constantly? In the spirit. Do you think Paul is just saying, Father, open their eyes. Father, open their eyes. Father, open No, nah, you'll get tired. So you pray the prayer and say, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of the Ephesian church. And then he would blast tongues. Who knows? Maybe 10 hours, 12 hours straight. He cuckoo didn't have anywhere he was going. The guy was locked up in prison. <laughs> he was in prison for most of his Christian life. So he was just blasting tongues, maybe 24 hours. Who knows? So when he says, I'm always praying, it doesn't mean that he's constantly speaking in Hebrew or Greek or whatever they were speaking. He was praying in tongues. And what was he praying for? What was the result of the prayer that was praying in tongues for these guys? He said that to give you spiritual wisdom and insight that you may grow in the knowledge of God, that your heart will be flooded with light. That's what I meant by divine ideas coming. If I'm baffled about anything, 
Worship and praying in spirit. Oh, powerful weapons. Combine the two. Because worship says, Father, I'm coming to you on the platform of mercy. You are king. You are God. And I know that you love me. That's what worship does. And then praying the spirit. The Holy Spirit is taking hold together with you. All the weaknesses of basically you don't understand what's going on with your mind. He begins to unravel it. He begins to search the hearts of men to see that, see that one, better run. Don't be friends with that person. They, their thoughts towards you are not good. And then he drops one idea, you implement that idea, and boom, results show up in a miraculous way. So if you want to walk in supernatural wisdom, you cannot be the kind of person that does not pray in spirit, that doesn't pray in tongues, or that just prays in tongues for like one second or one minute, or chibi, 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 during a prayer meeting, and you just, I mean, your mind is not, no, 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 you have to, you have to engage with it as something that you are investing in. You have to engage with it with intention, with intention, not just that, oh, you showed up at church and when you showed up, they said, okay, let's spend a couple of minutes praying in the spirit. Don't only pray in the spirit when somebody else tells you to pray in the spirit. You need to put it into your own schedule and say, okay, as part of my prayer, I'm going to pray in the spirit at so-so time. Or when I'm doing this thing, because you can literally pray in the spirit while you're doing chores, etc. And I'll come to that in a moment. The fourth benefit that I've seen work powerfully in my own life is your partnership with the Holy Spirit. The presence of the Holy Spirit becomes so real, much more real to you when you're praying in tongues, praying in the spirit. Your partnership with him becomes much more effective becomes much more effective. Okay, so what are we talking about in terms of partnership with the Holy Spirit? According to Jesus, what are the roles that the Holy Spirit comes to fulfill in our lives as Christians? He says that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, is our teacher, our counselor, our helper, our intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. This is between John 14 and John 16. So these are roles that the Holy Spirit comes to play in our lives. Let's even talk about comforter. When you're overwhelmed, do you know there are many times where emotionally I was just overwhelmed. I didn't even know what to pray. As in, I didn't even want to pray. I'm just like, I don't even know what to say. This thing is hurting. My emotions are hurting. Whether it's emotions of hurt or anger or pain or whatever it is. And I just start praying in the spirit. And I just pray in the spirit, pray in the spirit. And the comforter comes and he just soothes the mind. You just begin to feel better and better until you enter into rest and joy breaks loose in your heart. These are experiences that I've had several times in my life. Notice what I said, that there are probably a billion benefits of praying in the spirit. But these four, I can vouch 100% for these four that I'm sharing with you. So he's a comforter, he's a helper. How will you even hear the voice of the Holy Spirit if you never engage with him? Praying in the Spirit is one of the quickest ways to sharpen your ability to hear God. A lot of people will come, people write to me all the time. How do you hear God? How do you, when you read the Bible, how, we, how are you seeing all these things? Is it not the same Bible we're reading? Do you know how? Praying in the Spirit, though. It's praying in the Spirit. And of course, there's something called word of wisdom, right? In the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Notice that it is what the gift of who? The Holy Spirit. And he gives it as he wills. So the more you engage and pray in the Spirit, word of wisdom means that you just know how to solve the problems on this earth. 
You show up in a situation and you don't know what to do. Word of knowledge means you know what is going on. So you like have an overview. Ah, I have this knowledge about this. Oh, you know things that people don't know. But wisdom, and that's, that word of wisdom operates heavily in my life along with prophecy. One of the reasons is because I pray in the spirit. I have a close relationship with the Holy Spirit. And one of the ways that I've been able to do that is by praying in tongues. Praying in tongues. Intercessor. His intercessor. Do you understand? All these things that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. One of the fastest way and the most effective ways to bring them into your space is through praying in the spirit. So when you pray in the spirit, you become increasingly conscious of the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. And it helps you to stay filled and overflowing with the spirit, number one, which is necessary for living a holy life. Number two, building Christ-like character. And number three, having your heart full of thanksgiving and praise to God. Pray in the spirit. It is difficult for you to walk around moaning and complaining. I'm telling you, if you see someone that they're constantly complaining constantly go and ask them are you praying in the spirit no they're not i'm telling you go, you, you you that i'm talking to you know that that time where you're always complaining everything everything and everybody irritates you before they say hey you are irritated you want to bite their head off yeah check when was the last time you really prayed in the spirit more than the, the one minute when you joined that prayer meeting and the person said let's pray in the spirit check you see that what i'm saying is actually true do you understand that? And I'll show you where that is from. Ephesians 5, 18 to 20 says, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So Paul, writing to the Ephesian church, talks about all this. He said, don't do this, don't do this, but do this. Then how? Right? Say, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. He gives them all these rules, but he didn't leave them hanging. Paul is like me or, <laughs> or I'm like, Paul, I don't just tell people what and leave them hanging. I tell them how. So Paul then goes on to tell them how all these things is telling them to do and not to do how they will actually do it. He goes on and says, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your heart and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice that he brings in the Holy Spirit. He says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Acts 4.31 says, after this prayer. So this is referring to the disciples and the apostles. They came together after they were threatened by the Sadducees and the high priest. And they told them, don't talk about Jesus again. And they went and gathered together and began to pray. It says, after this prayer, the meeting shook. The meeting place shook. And they were all what filled with the Holy Spirit. So when the Bible is talking about be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's as a result of prayer. It's not just like, you just stand like this and you hands towards heaven and say, I want to be filled. You no, know, it's prayer that, <laughs> that leads to being filled with the Holy Spirit. I've just shown you an example. And there's several examples like that in Acts. When the Bible says they gathered, they prayed, and then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the infilling and the overflow of the spirit that Paul was referring to in Ephesians 5 is as a result of prayer. So when you begin to pray in the spirit, you begin to be filled. The Holy Spirit inside you rises up. 
rises up, the joy begins to fill your heart. Thanksgiving begins to fill your heart. The praises of God begin to fill your heart. And as a result of that, you can do all the things that he listed before, which is understand what the will of the Lord is, which is make the most of every opportunity. Don't live like fools. Don't act thoughtlessly, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So those are the four benefits of praying in the spirit. You cannot build character. You can't say, oh, I want to get rid of his habit without praying in the spirit. Right. It helps. Of course, you can do it without praying in the spirit. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, why not engage the Holy Spirit, God, though, who has been given to us? Jesus said, it is better for me to go. It's better that I go. How many of us would want the, the possibility of having Jesus with us all the time? Like our own personal Jesus, like the way the disciples were with Jesus all the time. We envy them and say, oh, I wish I was doing like, you know, had Jesus in the flesh. No, I, mean, I don't want Jesus in the flesh because to be honest with you, I could have despised Jesus. I could have said, ah, Jesus, did you brush your teeth this morning? Jesus, I don't understand how to go and brush your head. I may have criticized Jesus. So. I may have not believed what he was saying. It's possible. <laughs> I'm human. I may have said, Jesus, I don't, why, why would you talk like that? Why would, I may have behaved like that if Jesus was in the flesh and he was here. So it's better for me that I'm not seeing a physical form of Jesus that I can be saying, I see, see how his hair, he didn't come. I don't even want that. <laughs> so Jesus says, it's better that I go so that you're not entangled with physical things. The Holy Spirit is literally God. And one of the quickest ways to engage with him, one of the most powerful ways to engage with the Holy Spirit is by praying in the spirit. So don't treat it as an afterthought. Don't just pray, which is, I'm repeating this because this is what many of us, especially the kind of people that are listening to me, this is what we do. We only pray in the spirit when maybe we join a prayer meeting or we're in church service and the person leading says, pray in the spirit for you. And you do it for like a minute or two in between prayer points or whatever. It's, no, that's not enough. That's not enough. Ideally, this is my recommendation. And notice Jesus said, can you not tarry with me for an hour? My own recommendation based on my experiences and experiences of people that I study, because this thing, I've studied it. You should be praying, you should aim to be praying in the spirit at least an hour every day. You can start with 15 minutes, so, but you should set it as a goal that I'm going to pray for one hour every day, for one hour every day. It is crucial. If you're going to do amazing things on earth, if you're going to live the supernatural life, you cannot treat praying in tongues as an afterthought. You can't treat it casually. It is one of the most important aspects of our spirituality. It is one of the most beautiful and powerful tools that God has given us. I'll just share this quick example and then I'll finish up with how to get the most out of praying in tongues. I remember when I was going to transition from being in my career to starting a business and building a ministry. I was doing well in my career. In fact, I love to share this example. I had literally just gotten the job that I wanted. I had just made a fantastic jump in, in levels in terms of senior leadership. 
So I was like, yes, I'm excited. Holy Spirit, let's go. Let's go and transform this place. What are the ideas that you want to give me to bring transformation to this? I was really excited to have that job, senior level job. What I had been aiming for, I finally had it. And then I started the job and literally within a couple of weeks, it was as if this is the only way I can describe it. And it's the only way I've always described it. It's like somebody carried a balloon that was, you know, pumped full of air and just put a pin in it and the thing just, and it went flat. That was exactly what it felt like. All the excitement. And I'm not normally like that. I'm usually quite excited about my work. I loved teaching. I loved being in the education space. I loved being a leader. But then all of a sudden, I was just like, oh God. As in to get up in the morning to go to work became such a huge problem for me. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I have to go to this place again. He just, the, all, all the desires just leaked out. I didn't want to be anywhere near any child. I didn't want to do anything. I just, I just want to get out of here. And it wasn't like it was that school or anything. I knew that it was not the school. It was just the fact that I'm done with this. And I could not understand it. Oh my God, what else? This is all I've ever thought I wanted to do. I had my plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan <laughs> regarding this space. But then all of a sudden it was looking very shaky, like, no, 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 no. And I knew that it was a spiritual thing, like the direction was changing. But to where I had no idea. Business had never entered my mind. I'm not one of those people that had, you know, like they say they had they were doing side hustle they were no 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 i was very singularly focused on my career any other income generation i was doing was passive i wasn't even paying attention so property just put money and that's it hand it over to someone i didn't even think about it the thing was just generating money on I, I didn't put any thought into anything except my career so imagine when that became shaky I'm like god you have to give answers but i did not know what it meant so you know what i did i decided okay in addition to my usual prayer time i'm going to spend more time praying in tongues because i know the power of this thing i needed to go to a deeper level with the holy spirit i needed to break through any kind of hindrance a lack of knowledge in my own mind so that i could access the mind of god so I said, my journey back then was door to door. So leaving my house, literally walking out of my house because I used to take the train, etc., and getting to work was about an hour, an like hour, five or 10 minutes or something like that. So I said, here's what I'm going to do. Instead of maybe just walking and just thinking, I was going to pray in the spirit. Okay. I was going to pray under my breath. Right, praying in the spirit is not always like you shouting until everybody knows. I was going to pray in the spirit under my breath, nobody would know, but I knew from door to door, and I would do that every day. And first day, second day, I did this for weeks probably three, four weeks, I don't remember exactly now, or longer. But then, as I was praying, as I was praying for a while, I wasn't really getting anything, I just knew that this, I, I just knew. What was the first thing that was definitely happening was I knew that I was right, that this is the end of a chapter. I'm, my season has changed. This is not a matter of I'm praying the heaviness away. No, this one is like, no, 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 no. Cutting calls in this particular, but the next I didn't know. And I remember, I'll never forget this. This is one of the, you know, when you have significant moments in your life. I remember that day, I still see myself. I walked out of the tube station, underground train station on the other side, and I was walking to work. It was about a five minute walk. And then 
as I came out, as I said, to walk, it's like the heavens opened. Obviously, not literally, but it's like I just knew. I just saw something. I saw ah, business. I don't know how I knew, but you know how you were, you were like you've been walking on that like a cloud. You can't really see, and then all of a sudden the sun appears. That's the only way I can describe it. I just knew. I just knew. In fact, the first thing that the Holy Spirit asked me before that, as I was walking, was He said, "If I told you to leave your job today, what would you do?" I said, "Leave my job? How? With salary? Eh? What's this on?" <laughs> Just that, but then as he asked that question, it was as if that question opened up the gate, and I could see that. Oh wow! You mean this is what God is asking me to do? I didn't sit down and think it up. That's why what I'm doing today, I'm at rest because it was not my idea. I didn't come up with it. I didn't say, "Oh, okay, what's raining now? How can people make money nowadays? Hey, how can you impact lives today?" You see, oh, this is best. I did not come up with it. It was literally revealed to me and then I stepped into it, right? So that's an example of how you can deliberately and intentionally engage the power of praying in tongues. And the last thing I want to share with you in this podcast today very quickly is people ask me all the time, okay, so I'm praying in spirit, but the mind, like as the Bible says, is unfruitful. You don't understand what you're saying. What are you supposed to be doing during that time? So if you decide you're going to pray in tongues for an hour, what are you supposed to be doing? literally anything you want but if you want to get the best the most out of that experience i have four suggestions for you that have really helped me number one is pray at length okay if possible pray an hour at a stretch as i said so it's good to say okay two minutes here two minutes there one minute there three minutes there but do you understand it is there's something about if you go at stretch there's a burst of life that comes to you right number one decide and say i'm going to set a goal to pray at at length at a stretch for an hour so you can build up to that one hour okay that's number one number two pray consistently so if possible daily in tongues not every now and then consistently so set one hour as your goal then you can say, I'm going to do 15 minutes every day, build it up until I'm praying an hour every day. This is, this is not something that is negotiable, honestly. I'm not saying it like a suggestion, like it would be nice for you to pray in spirit. No, I'm saying at times in my life where I have not prayed in the spirit, where I've just, like, you know, a lot of people have just done the shimmy, shimmy, shimmy for like one or two minutes in the prayer meetings or, or something, I, I know the difference. Everything is dry. I'm easily irritated. I'm not really making advancements in life like that. As in, you're making little, little results here and there. But like the big things, no, it's not happening. So pray at length, right? If possible, at a stretch, try, push yourself. Secondly, do it consistently. Third, engage your mind as you pray in tongues. What do I mean by that? Even though is you can technically be thinking about whatever you like as you're praying in spirit because your mind is not involved, but it is more powerful and it helps you the more when you focus your mind. So the example I just gave you about me transitioning into business and into ministry, that was what I fixed in my mind. Like, Holy Spirit, I just thank you. Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for showing me what's next. And I would just as much, of course, my mind will wander every now and then, but I will bring it back. That's what it means to focus your mind. 
All right, the mind will wonder. You sit down and say, Ah, oh, why is that one wearing red? Yeah, ah, is that it's too cold for this thing? That of course, your mind will wonder <laughs> as you're looking around, but bring it back. Let there be a focal point, let there be a focal point as you're praying. And one of the ways that I've actually seen that it helps specifically is read your Bible. So I use that time. So I, I have one hour scheduled into my daily prayer time when I pray in the morning. So rather than just sit down and for one hour and my mind is wondering, I use that time to read my Bible. So I open up my Bible and I begin to read it. And like a minute into me reading my Bible, the Holy Spirit starts saying, hey, go and read this one, go and read down. And he'll be directing me. I say, read that one. I'll be showing me stuff. So it makes it engaging. Do you understand? It makes it lively. And the fourth one, obviously, is ask for the interpretation and expect the interpretation. Paul said, ask. He said, let him who prays in tongues, ask. He says, interpret. He said, let him who pray, interpret, ask God for the interpretation. Don't just pray in the spirit and go. It doesn't mean actually, however, that as you are praying that the interpretation of what you have prayed will instantly come to you. Just ask, sir. I say, God, I want to know what I've just prayed. And he will reveal it to you. It could be in 10 years' time. For example, I've read the story of a killer man of God, a missionary. I think it was Lester Sumrall. I'm not certain, okay? <laughs> but somebody like that, worldwide evangelistic mission, ministry. And there was a particular time early on in his ministry where he went to some remote village somewhere and he was in, he was in danger. He, his life was threatened and he was about to die. And this woman on the other side of the world in America, just, you know, the Holy Spirit woke up. She woke up with a start in the middle of the night and for some reason there was a heavy burden upon her she didn't know how to pray the mind was not fruitful so she began to pray in the spirit prayed 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 until the thing lifted and she knew that whatever it is she was praying about was fine and she went back to sleep she asked for the interpretation it did not come that same day i think it was like 10 years later she happened to meet this man who I think was Lester Sumrall and they just happened to be talking. So, oh, you know, I, I served in this place. I was there when I was this age or whatever it is. And the person was like, oh, I was there on this particular day. I, my life was threatened. I almost died. And the man said, on what day? And when they compared notes, it was exactly the same time. And the Holy Spirit basically showed both of them that her prayer, the interpretation of that prayer she was praying was for him to be delivered from that danger to his health or to his life. So he will show you. It, it will come in the form of ideas. So, but expect to know what you're praying. It is secrets, not, the secrets are not hidden from us. They are hidden for us. So you have access. Remember Jesus said, unto you has been given to know the mysteries or the secrets of the kingdom. He said the rest are blind, but you, I will show you. That's why anytime Jesus said a parable and they didn't understand, whenever they went back to fellowship with him privately, he would always explain to them. He said, these ones, their eyes are blind, but you, I have an obligation to teach you and to show you. So ask for an interpretation. Just have a habit of the Holy Spirit will reveal secrets and things to me. That is one of the reasons why, honestly, I, I, that word of wisdom, word of knowledge, I know things because I expect to know things. I expect the Holy Spirit to reveal things to me. God shows me the intent of the heart of people before they manifest. 
I just know. Why? Because I pray in the Spirit and I expect the Holy Spirit to interpret and to show me those things. I desire it and I ask Him for it. So that's how I would recommend you get the most out of praying in tongues. I'm going to leave you at that. I hope that's helped you. If you have any questions, write me. Contact at allowmebrigway.com or you can basically find me on Instagram, allowmebrigway, and send me a DM. I'll be very happy to answer your questions regarding praying in the spirit and how else I'm able to help you in that regard. This is Allow Me and I'll be back with another episode. Thank you. Bye.